Welcome back, everybody, to the Dictate the Game podcast, episode five. I am your host, Eric St. Peter. With me today, we have one of the creators of Dictate the Game, Ryan. Good morning, Ryan. Good evening, sir. Good evening, good morning, wherever you may be, I guess. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, Mr. Moneyball himself, Guy, is here. We'll be talking about your article. Hi, how you doing? You all right? Good, good. And um, the producer of Dictate the Game's podcast. <laughs> Oh, I'm loving this intro. <laughs> the man who puts it all together. I just talk. He puts it all together at the end of the day. Dom. Hello. I get bullied this week. Oh. Right. Well, that was good this week. Okay. We'll uh, meet back up. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Got, that, uh... you, got a, you got enough, right? <laughs> yeah. I've got about, I'm going to say. Uh, Dom, we can barely hear you, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, compared okay. to normal. I've just got a new headset. How about, is that better? Oh, that's, that yeah, better? that's much better. Yeah. A lot meatier. Okay. Well, I like that word, meatier. I think your other headset's better, to be honest. No, it, it is. My headset broke, actually, about three hours ago. Oh. So I've just had to go into town and buy a new headset. And it's it's an Xbox One, so clearly it's going to be awful. But yeah, You're worse than Luke's. Really? That, that's oh, not it's, possible. Yeah. It's not that bad. No, that's, that's not possible. I was a bit... I was a bit insulted there, actually. But, yeah. <laughs> I would apologise, but I can't. Luke is basically talking into a tin can with some string. <laughs> Aren't you glad we started recording early, Dom? No. I've just been <laughs> bullied. I don't like it. I don't like this at all. So, let's, uh, I'll, I'll open it up. We can talk about, um, well, we talked about, sorry, potentially, I was saying that he was going to leave no matter what on one of the former podcasts, and he left. He's going to be going to uh, Juventus next week. Uh, that's confirmed. We got, uh, Hazard. So, like, the state of Chelsea would be an interesting thing because, uh, like, what are they going to do now? They've lost their coach, they've lost, uh, Hazard, and they can't transfer anybody in for two windows? Well, they've, they've appealed it. Appealed uh, it to uh, one, yeah. isn't it? Well, they appealed it. Okay, so. They've appealed it again. So, they've already appealed it once, um, and basically got told to shove it. Um, and they've appealed it again now with a different court, I think, or something, so. Yeah, remains to be seen whether they're going to be able to transfer people, but they, they could just transfer a load of people now, and then if they get the transfer ban, they, they might be okay, kind of thing. I think they'll still have it for at least this window next. Yeah, it normally gets delayed. Um, I say normally, it's not something that normally happens, but it, it yeah. would probably get de- <laughs> probably get delayed till January or something. Who do you think the next coach is going to be? Is it going to be Lampard? I, I think it's a bit too soon for Frank Lampard, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a step up. Um, I'd like to see Eddie Howe go there. I think that would be a really good appointment. I don't think Eddie Howe sort of has that reputation that a Chelsea manager typically has. No, I think you'd have to give him a couple of years um, to sort of settle in. Yeah, that's the thing though. Well, yeah, Chelsea aren't really really the club to do that, are they? You uh, go five matches and they're talking about getting rid of you then, Chelsea. But um, where's Allegri? Well, yeah, I mean, well, where's where's Allegri? That could be an interesting appointment. Yeah, a straight swap. Yeah, I, I I, think I could see that probably, yeah. He's been linked with the Chelsea job with a couple of press papers already in the last couple of days, yeah. Because he kind of left Juventus without any kind of... He just wanted to leave Juventus. He didn't have any uh, real place that he was going. So there's not too many jobs that are really available, high-profile jobs right now. Yeah, there's not too many. Uh, I think it's... it's always sort of that loop where one manager will leave one club, another will leave another. And it's just like that sort of... Yo, yo, in situation. Musical chairs. Yeah, practically, yeah. A lot of Chelsea fans aren't really happy with Sari, but I don't know why. They finished third 
with the two best teams that we've seen for quite some time, won the Europa League. And it's just, I, I just don't understand why there's so much hate towards him. Like, he's producing results. Yeah. Do you think it's his personality? Do you think it's the way he carries himself? I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. He just sits there smoking cigarettes all day, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. He doesn't really, you know, and it's funny because my wife is a Chelsea fan. And when he got appointed, she says, this is this is the guy. This is the guy that's going to be, you know, the, the, the manager of a London team in a posh area that is highly successful. This is the guy with like his with like his you know sloppy uh, dress on the sidelines, smoking cigarettes all the time. So I mean that's her perception of it, but I wonder if that doesn't creep in somewhere, especially when you are you're you're, you're third place, and the you're what you want to get rid of the guy to the point where you basically push him out, and now he's going to go to Juventus and probably do really well. I think a lot of fans didn't like the style of football as well, um, like moving Kante out of that. Uh, defensive midfield role and um, not giving the youngsters a chance as well was another thing that people were sort of put off by I guess um, speaking to some of my friends who are Chelsea fans anyway that was their main sort of criticism I, you can't you can't knock his um, performance though in the league you know behind Liverpool and City who've had outstanding seasons and then um, he's got to two cup finals and won one so yeah exactly I don't know what more he could have done really it's just like a short-term results thing, wasn't it? It's, I don't think he's a, I don't think he ever set himself up to have that long-term future at the club. Most Chelsea managers don't. It's almost sort of a quick fix, and then they've never really had someone sort of long-term. Who was the longest-term Chelsea manager that you could remember? Mourinho, the first time. I, I I can't remember. Like that's the one that stands out the most, but I think that's down to the success as well. Probably, but Mourinho was only there three years, I think. That's what I'm saying. I don't. They're not keeping managers very long. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think about who Ancelotti. How long was Ancelotti there for? Mm, not the same again. Ages. Oh, can you hear me clicking? Yes, we can hear yes. you clicking. What? So. Yes, it's yes. fucking annoying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh. Have I got Luke's headset or something? Seriously? Do you usually do that? No. Well, normally it doesn't pick it up. Uh, Are you normally doing it? It's now it's just picking it up. Like, do you do yeah. that? Like, click like that? What are you doing? Oh, just you eating, know, his, eating his mouse, I think. <laughs> you know, I was looking at the Reddit, you know, things like that. Just keeping busy. Being busy while you're doing the podcast. Yeah. All right. Sorry, boys. Can you hear this? Nope. No. Oh. Yay. Perfect. All right. So you fixed your levels. Yeah, you know, which is a bit annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ed Hazard it, at Real Wait, Madrid. We, uh, I don't know if this has started or I don't know what's going on here. No, it started. Oh, it started. We can just, oh. we can just splice it all together. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Like, Cheers, Tom. <laughs> Did I make another sound then? Or... Oh, you mean no, the, no, the, like, right. you, you didn't know the editing in that because it's quite yeah. trappy. Yeah, it's okay. This is my punishment for getting this mic. Yeah, it is, to be fair. You should have got that one that I've put in the... Oh, I suppose you just have to wait. I had three hours. That's all right. Go to Amazon Dispatch and say, I want this right now. (laughs) I'm sure they would have definitely understood. Hi, I make a podcast once a week that gets less than 200 views, and I need it now. Less than 200 makes it... Does that mean that we get, like, 150? I'm just trying um, to bump up our numbers here, okay? But I'm just trying to be nice. Just say we'll give you a cheeky promotion. Yeah. yeah, we'll put them on the get money. We'll put your link in, in the sponsor. description. 
Yeah. So we haven't got Luke here, so we can't talk about the Luke Hughes Bakery sponsorship. I get 10% off at Morrison's, if that's for any consolation. Oh, that's nice. Sponsored by Morrison's this week, then. I guess we should ask. We should ask Ryan though. Did the uh, the Hume's Bakery uh, sponsorship come through for the website? Um, unfortunately, not. Uh, uh, a few uh, logistical issues there, but I'm sure we'll, we can arrange that with Luke, <laughs> and he, he will be more than willing to sort of um, sort us out. And then a lot we of contracts. Come on. Yeah, well, instead of doing a podcast, we'll do cake reviews. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you have me at cake. We're gonna need we're gonna need some uh, summer content, so that could be yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the off season. Yeah, anything oh, yeah. that could be loud in the background, we'll want to do eating, t- tapping. We can you know do. It'd be like our uh, a- 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 ASMR. Oh, I'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> ASMR episode. I'm sure that'll get the views in. That would good on well, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine Luke <laughs> just going no for like an hour? Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> don't like it. Oh. I was going to say, when Luke is on, usually we're basically doing ASMR anyway with doors closing and opening. <laughs> <laughs> True. <yeah. laughs> this isn't Bully Luke week, okay? We do like him. Just, he's oh, it's Bully Dom week. Uh, you know, yeah, I seem to have taken yeah. that, that position. Picked up the mantle. Oh, dear. All right. So, should we talk to some uh, football manager then? No. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> we had a couple of uh, successful articles on the website this past week, one of which was one that I wrote uh, about a, um, a libero diamond tactic, which we can talk about. Also, Moneyball Part 2, which is every, what everybody wants to talk about. Yeah, I think every, that is the sort of thing that we all go for, the Moneyball sort of hit off, really, in the community, which is really good. It's been really nice oh, to definitely see some engagements as well. Like new new followers, new interactions, and a lot of people tagging their friends and stuff in the articles, which is really really cool. A guy, a uh, writer of uh, Moneyball. So really, the second uh, installment of the series, you're getting into how you use your KPIs and and where you set up your tactic using them. So if I haven't read the article yet, which obviously you can at dictatethegame.com, what is it? that you want to explain to people about using your KPIs to be able to set up your tactic using Moneyball um, in your FM save. And then we'll talk about actually the success that you've seen using your tactic in being able to really do quite well in the league, not scouting in a traditional way. So I tried to base the KPIs, like I've said previously, like try to base them on what I want from each particular role. So I sp- I'm playing a quite similar tactic to yours, actually, Eric. The like, it's like a, I guess, like a five-three-two, I guess, with a um, well, five-two-one-two, I guess you could call it, with sort of like um, Caraleros in central midfield, and then a Trek Artista behind two forwards. Um, so yeah, just trying to split up that tactic into different positions and roles, and then decide on my KPIs f- from there. You had a lot of success with it. So um, tell us how to go about using your Moneyball theory, I guess, in playing FM19. If I wanted to use that myself to be able to work a save, what would I do first? So the, the first thing to do really is set yourself up a spreadsheet. That's something that I've been talking about, um, sort of bringing out a plug and play spreadsheet so you can use it yourself which i've had quite a few comments saying that people would want to see that so that's something i'm probably going to look out for the next uh, blog post in a few weeks time um so yes setting yourself up a spreadsheet um first of all deciding on what kpis you want to use 
for the tactic. So really knowing your tactic inside and out is probably the first the first step. Knowing what you want each role to perform within the tactic. Then from there, deciding how you're going to look at statistics and look at the KPIs that you're going to use. And then from there, exporting all the data that's available in Football Manager to do a bit of analysis and um, sort of comparisons in a spreadsheet to yeah, like use those numbers to to influence the the signings that you do. So the way I did it in my spreadsheet was pretty simplistic, was just to sort of rank everyone um, that I'd scouted out of out of how many there were in that particular position, and then kind of highlight the top ten or fifteen just to give me an idea of who was performing well in what kind of areas. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably the best way I would say to to. It's quite a simplistic way of looking at it, but also it does kind of give you a rough idea of which players are performing well and which players just aren't worth looking at at all. If I'm going to start with a, say, I want to do a 4-4-2. I want to do a simple 4-4-2, four at the back, mm-hmm. four midfielders. I want to have uh, supporting fullbacks uh, in the back four, uh, supporting attacking wingers, and my normal okay. two strikers at the front. Where should I look? Should I look at the wings as a group together? Because I noticed in the article you grouping your um, your positions in the uh, in the field. So are the fullbacks and the wingers at that point in the same group? And I should look at the same KPIs. And, and what KPIs should I look for? So I would say you're probably going to want some similarities across the KPIs there and some differences. So fullbacks, you're not going to be too interested in how many crosses they're completing because if they're just supporting then they're not going to be the ones putting the crosses in. Your wingers are going to be the ones putting the crosses in, for instance. Um, your wingers, you probably... You, I suppose you would be interested a bit in their tackling ratios, but maybe not as much as you're going to look at the fullbacks. Um, heading, you're not going to be interested in whether the wingers are winning headers or not, but that's something that the fullbacks would will need to do. So it's ju- it's just kind of thinking about what each role is going to do within that tactic, and then... You know, try and decide for yourself what are the most important things that you need from that particular player in that particular position. So, um, what are some? So, are there some master KPIs that you really want across any person on your team? Um, you know, because like you said, you wouldn't necessarily want the heading for the fullback, but you would for the winger. You wouldn't necessarily care so much about tackling for the winger as you would for the fullback. But are there some tactics or excuse me, are there some KPIs across the entire team that you look for when you're setting up? That one that popped up for me all the time was um, like passing and passing completion. Um, I didn't intend for it to, but it just kind of every single position I went to, I was like, oh, he needs to be able to pass it. He needs to be able to pass it. Um, so for instance, my center backs is not going to be the most important statistic there, but it is it is kind of still important. Um, so it's just kind of thinking about the weighting of them. So the, the, there might be some stats that you find crop up everywhere, but they're not going to be as important in some positions as they are in another. So for instance, my track artista is going to be really important in terms of his key passing and his pass completion and that kind of thing. Whereas, um, you know, one of my defensive center backs might not be that important, but it, um, still a bit important. I think also I'm playing like quite a short passing game. Um, my strikers aren't too tall. So I kind of want to be working the ball into the box and keeping the ball on the floor. So that's again, something I've thought about where passing accuracy and completion is going to be important in my, 
in my team. This is really, for me at least, one of the most, I would say, realistic ways at looking at football manager. You know, because if I was going to set up, if I was in, in, in being a real life manager of a football team and I wanted to set up my players, I would have maybe some scouting that would be similar to what goes on with football manager. And I know that some clubs use the football manager for uh, for, for scouting in general, uh, at least part of the thing. But you're going to be looking at the players that you have and what they do best and putting them where you want them to be. So really, to me, it's it's very similar the way that you're playing right now to a realistic way of how you're going to set up a team. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I, I don't really want to plug other pods on the pod, but uh, I listened to uh, One More Game Pod the other week with FM Samo, and they had the chief scout of Partick Thistle on. And he was saying, he plays a lot of FM, and he was saying that the, the, main, draw, the main thing they're missing from scouting in the game is this sort of data side of things and looking at statistics. And he was saying, you know, there's not an easy way to just pull up who's got the best, um, I don't know, dribbles per 90 minutes in the league you know it's it's difficult to just pull up those stats and have a look at the players so that that's something that fm could maybe look at in the future making it a bit more interactive with looking at statistics or a bit more because the the data is there to to use but it's just a ball ache to use so no one uses it you know it's much easier to just look at oh this guy's got 18 pace 18 acceleration you know great flair and whatever else so i'm going to sign him you know the attributes are straight there when you look at a player so that's what everyone uses to to sign players with so yeah if the data was that easy to look at as well then i think you'd see more people doing scouting this this kind of way i mean you could look at a player in real life and say wow look at that you know we we're talking about hazard earlier you could say look at his dribbling he's a flashy player he's got a lot of flair but you're not going to be able to quantify that you're not going to be able to say like he's a 15 flair in real life and you know signed based upon that like you would in football manager so it really is a different way of looking at how to play the game and i think that that's part of the reason it's been so successful and been so popular at dictatethegame.com yeah i think so um it's kind of that line between sort of general scouting and sort of the data data analyst kind of scouting as well where you're getting sort of a different look on a player where so for instance there's one player i've signed who i've talked about quite a bit is jamie ortiz who i signed um just over this january window that's featured in my second post and um his his attributes look bang average but he came through the barcelona academy he scored i think 70 odd goals in 100 odd appearances um and he was playing in the second division of french football and just scoring ridiculous amounts of goals i think it was 0.73 goals per game and then he had ridiculous shot accuracy and dribbles and everything so his 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 numbers were off the charts but it's it's a player i never would have signed um if i did my scouting the way i normally do it which is to base it on attributes and base it on my scouting reports um so it, it's going to be really interesting to see how he sort of develops during the save he's already got four goals in six appearances i think already so he's he's hit the ground running straight away so it yeah I, it's it's always interesting to look at playing the game different ways it's it's a game where i feel like a lot of people feel like they know the game inside out um and they know how they play and what way they play and it's just it can get quite sort of monotonous so i think finding it finding a way to play the game differently can be really uh interesting
I've certainly found this really interesting. So, and that really is the fun of it. I mean, we we're talking yeah, about the definitely. last podcast. Yeah, yeah we we're, we're talking about the la- on the last podcast. Well, how is it when you approach a new save? How do you approach it? Do you look at uh, when you're setting up your tactic? Do you look at the players you have and then put a tactic in, or do you have a tactic in mind and then sign players that um, that fit that tactic? And again, I mean, apples and oranges, whatever way you want to play. But this yeah. is to me differently. Uh, this is to me different because this is a whole new way. And by the way, if you haven't seen both of the articles, they're on dictatethegame.com, a whole new way to play in a hyper-realistic way. Do you feel like you um, have better sort of results from using this sort of method of, of trying to sign players rather than go, go into use based on completely attributes alone? Um. I, to be honest, I haven't played enough games since January. Yeah, to, yeah, that's, that's understandable. Yeah, to uh, to see any sort of results this far, but I mean, yeah, like the, the Jamie Ortiz guy, he's been the revelation because, like, I never would have signed anyone. Like, I think he was like two and a half stars and three and a half star potential. Like, I literally wouldn't have even looked twice at him. But his the stats were there, so he's going to be the one to follow. I think that certainly the one I'm going to be looking at to see if you know base. Whether it's successful, I'll base it on him, basically. Yeah, it is weird because his attributes aren't like standout compared to like, no, the other players you've got, but you seem to be doing better with him and your team. Yeah. And I think football manager do sort of, I think in the next couple of years, they will start changing it. So you, when you do get analyst reports, it, it is a little bit more in-depth and it will probably compare your current players to that actual player and in terms of his past completion yeah obviously it's still out of context because they're both different teams play different styles of football you've got different players some are more technical than others yeah but that's it, another i thing. think i think it will eventually turn we will have your main scout report which are based on your like reports and like say like goals and assists and whatever and then your analyst will be a bit more detailed in terms of like your cross completion yeah another little minor statistics which will sort of depend on what you what you sort of want and I think it would be a really good thing. I think that the um, introduction of the data analyst role was really good, but I do think that it needed to be slightly tweaked in the sense that it's not really providing much information. Like, especially when you're looking at like opposition matches and stuff and how they set up, and it gives you kind of like, oh, this is the way they, this is their formation and this is how they pass. But there mm. wasn't really much information there, and it's really difficult to try and interpret. Yeah. A lot of time they can give you like, oh, he's the seventeenth top scorer in this division, and yeah. it's like, okay, well, what the, what does that even mean? Like, is he better at scoring than my striker or not? So yeah, yeah, it, the the stats are there to be used. It's just I don't think they've been implemented to the best that they could be. Um, someone was saying that Miles really doesn't like this sort of data side of the game, so it could be something that takes quite a while to get into the game. Um, there's a lot of talk about XG and having yeah. that included and it, miles seems to be kind of against that so um I've, it's probably just because it's a completely do, new data format that they'd have to use and try and implement and i don't know how they yeah. could possibly code that because i do think it would be nice to have a, like a steady flow like over the next two or three years where it's slowly introduced rather than all just shoved in your face and they completely changed the way they do yeah it. because i know there's a lot of players who just sort of play like a plug and play sort of thing so this won't really appeal to them but those sort of hardcore gamers play like countless hours and waste well i wouldn't say waste the majority of their spare time does go on this <laughs> <That> game <works. laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it does i do think i think that would probably be the best way to do it if they slowly introduce it rather than just say oh this is no this is how you're going to do it 
Yeah. And then there'll be like a couple of guys, but you, so you're slowly introduced to it and then it all just comes on gradually. I mean, one of the, one of the big things they introduced this year was the training module. And that's something where I think it's really good that they've introduced it because it's really in depth, but it's only as in depth as you want to make it. You can just leave it to your coaches. That's what I tend to do because I don't have the time or I'm not really, the only save I'm really in is my online save at the moment. That's sort of my big one. I don't really want to say to my friend, oh yeah, give me half an hour while I set up training for the next seven years. It's it it's it is fun and it is it is quite exciting because it is the time where a lot of rumors do start flying about regarding football manager twenty. Yeah. So it'd be nice to see what happens. Football manager off season is upon us. And before we talk about uh, Monday's article, the Libero Diamond Tactic, I want to just uh, let you know that all of these things that we're talking about are available at dictatethegame.com. Dictatethegame.com is your one stop shop for football manager. Not only do we have stories, we have great insightful articles like Moneyball. We have tactic articles like we're going to be talking about. So you get a little bit of everything at dictatethegame.com. So check it out if you haven't and tell a friend. Dictatethegame.com, also on Facebook and on Twitter. And on YouTube. And on YouTube. And SoundCloud occasionally. And on SoundCloud occasionally. And Spotify. And Spotify, don't forget that. That was, that was funny. That was good. <laughs> If you if you just did your job better, then you know, <laughs> sorry, I've just got to get on the thing. I've just been roasted this entire time, so I just need to get my own back. Okay, guys, get one back in while you can. Yeah. Oh, do we want to talk a little bit about um, the tactic, the Labiro Diamond tactic? I mean, I think it is very similar to your uh, Moneyball tactic. Yeah, um, it really is. Yeah, and, 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 and I didn't intend it to be that way. No, 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 not at all. No. Oh, I hadn't even, I don't think I'd even released my tactic. Yeah, so it, yours went out before mine, so it looked like I just copied you. <laughs> <laughs> Except for you don't have a libero. And, uh, you know, and, and really what's interesting about the libero tactic, it does create, when I, going into it, I wanted to make sure I was creating diamonds to be able to have as many passing options as I possibly could, but I wanted to utilize the libero. So um, I realized that the libero stepping in as much as they actually do into the uh, dm space really does create diamonds all over the place and gives a lot of passing options so it became a very good possession tactic if anybody wants Mm -hmm. to use it and to use a role that is not really used a lot by a lot of people i don't think on fm and is talked about a lot uh, about I, i can't tell you how many um posts i see people saying does anybody have a good libero tactic? Does anybody use this? Does anybody do this? And they keep including it in the game, so like it's it's time to use it. We went and had to use it. I dictate the game. Yeah, it's one. Of, it's a role that I've never really used at all. I'm, I tend to be quite sort of um, boring, I guess, in my uh, tactical approaches. I stick with what I know. But um, after reading your article and and the the triangles, uh, the diamonds, sorry, that you said that it's made and you could see them in the pitch, it made a lot of sense. Um, I thought I gave it a go in a couple of well, it was really like I say, it was really similar to what I was already playing. So I just swapped my uh, ball playing defender to a libero and you know try to watch his movement and see um, sort of what he did. And yeah, it's re- it's a it's a really interesting role and uh, one that I think gets talked like you say gets talked about a lot, but maybe not utilized to the, its full potential. I also I also think the same. It's like when I've been reading the articles, it's also it's also sort of. A defender, but also a midfielder. It's like two roles in one, and I think that why most people don't use it is because even when you're playing with three defenders, 
um, you don't want it to be too offensive because typically you have your wing, you have wing backs there, mm. and then they're bombing them forwards. Um, and I also think people are kind of put off by the fact that it's a attacking role in defence. So you don't, you just assume that because it's attacking, they're just going to go wandering off. But it is, it is interesting, like you say, with the diamonds, and it essentially creates triangles all over the pitch. And so if you've almost got an option going forward and backwards, so your goalkeeper can distribute to anywhere. Your midfielders can drop back and knock it into the libero, and it's, it's it seems like it would work. But I think if you tried that in a lower league, you he's he's just oh I don't know what yeah happened. it's definitely one of those yeah where... very technical yeah you, you need also, to play you don't, you don't really get the when you sort of get these youth academy players coming through you don't tend to see that their strongest position is a libero so it's. You, it's something that have to, would have to be trained early, or if they had the natural statistics for it, or attributes. Sorry, if they had the natural attributes for it, then you could probably half train them. But it it is it is interesting. But I, I just want to know why you decided to use the role. Why why did you think? Oh, this is the role that I want to use, and you'd have success from it. Well, I like the idea of formation shifting from offense to defense. In general, I like the idea of that. I like the idea of something becoming a uh, you know four four two from a uh, I don't know four three three you know uh, uh, you know and it seems like you can do that with those dynamic roles like a libero role. So if you look at uh, some of the graphics of the article, it does start to look like a four three three in attack just tight with a lot of diamonds. So you get that kind of look of almost like a uh, Guardiola type side uh, when he was playing in, in Barcelona with the compactness and the diamonds and the triangles all over the place. But at the same time, it's a three at the back tactic. So it does have that defensive solidity. So I like also the halfback role and the halfback role almost seems to me to be the reverse of Libera. It starts in the defensive uh midfield and then shifts back to the back line when the libero yeah, I was just gonna say that. oh sorry yes it, no, that's all right it, you know, it starts in the back three and then shifts into the midfield so i'd prefer it being the other way i'd prefer starting with that defensive solidity and then moving into the um, defensive midfield with a bunch of space to be able to operate and having that be a playmaker um yeah the halfbacks are all that i've used once or twice and that like you say it's like almost the opposite of the libero where you it's dropping from the defensive midfield into that center back slot um and that can be really effective if you use it with sort of uh, really attacking wing backs from the sort of defensive strata and then they can bomb on a lot and you can cover with that sort of defensive midfielder so yeah the libero is another one that i think you could probably utilize it with it's just that, yeah, that the thing that I worry about is probably the same as Ryan, that, you know, you, if you've got him, the libero sort of bombing on quite a bit through the centre of the park, and then your wing-back's really high as well. Like, I play with complete wing-backs, so they get very high. Um, you can often sort of get caught on the break. How did you find it defensively? Because I've been using it quite a lot with my Crystal Palace save, and I've been conceding a lot of shots, so... How did you find it? I, I know I'm sort of lower bottom half, so it's I should it's kind of should be expected, but I am conceding a lot of shots. How how did you find it defensively? I find it solid defensively, but also I'm playing with a team like Juventus who has great center backs. I think you yeah. have to have great center backs, and you have to have a great um, uh, goalkeeper too to be able to worry about one on ones. Because if you look at 
in comprehensive view, how the libero is actually playing, it's not as offensive as you may think it is. Hmm. I mean, they generally tend to kind of hang out in that, um, even on attack, they tend to kind of hang out most of the time in that DM strata. So it's not as bad as you might think it is. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're going up in a, in a striker position all no. the time. Uh, but at the same time, you are you have split uh, center backs as they're attacking. and um, you can get caught out with uh, counterattacks. So you have to have good, fast center backs and a good one-on-one goalkeeper to make sure that you don't get caught out. And it was like Ryan was saying, you know, talking about having an attacking player in the defense. If you use a sweeper keeper on attack, you're having an attacking player, technically attacking player, as your goalkeeper. Mm. So, I mean, not all attacking uh, roles in football manager are created equal. And plus, Another thing with a libero and his tackle libero, if they're going through the midfield, who guards them? I mean, if you're zonally marking, like who 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 is going to take on that run? It really gives a lot of opportunity to be able to have somebody caught out in defense. And then once they're caught out in defense, you've created a situation where you have one, two, three passing options in front of you to be able to get the ball into the um, into the attacking third. So. In that way, I see the um, the offense is almost defense. In that way, you know, the it's it's offensive enough where you know you have the ball so much that it really becomes you know defensively solid just by the virtue of the fact that if they don't have the ball, they can't score. Sorry, I'm I'm really struggling with this headset at the moment. Are you? I have to try putting in rice. I bought it today, and I probably need to put it in rice. To be fair. Um, no, I don't know. I'm just worried about what you guys are hearing and what you're not. So, can you not just mute not your words. mic when you're not talking? That's what I, well, t- tend to I do. thought that it's meant to have this feature where if you flick the uh, microphone up, then it should turn off. But it doesn't. Uh, right. I see. But can you guys still hear me now? Yep. So, it doesn't work, basically. How much did you spend on it? It was like 30 quid. You're not getting a refund. <laughs> Yeah. Send them, send them this recording and say that hey, here's fucking proof it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's the plan. That's the plan. It's just ugh. Dom is taking a lot of flack today. You're taking a lot of flack today. I'm not. I might just edit this also. That it's just basically you guys bullying me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no actual content. Just just people bullying you. Help! I'm being bullied. And like that. <laughs> like, next that's... week's episode can be this week's content. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I don't so, know, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Sorry, How much more do you think? No, you're fine. Uh, it's funny. It's good. It's all right. You'll be fine. Just the fact that you spent thirty pounds on it, which is expensive. I was hoping you were going to cover half of it, right? Yeah, unfortunately, um, uh, I'm off that day. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. We're waiting. Once the Humes Bakery uh, sponsorship comes through, sponsorship yeah. comes through. That's right. I mean, it's it's with the lawyers right now. We're getting through the fine details of it. As soon as that comes through, we should have more than enough money to be able to buy you a really nice headset. I'd just like to point out that we are not in any way associated with Hume's Bakery. Uh, <laughs> you are giving them good promotion nothing. here. Could you imagine if someone goes to the store and say, oh yeah, the podcast which I watch when, with all people um, recommending me to come here, what's uh, the discount? <laughs> oh, yeah, where's yes. Luke? Um, <laughs> <laughs> just say that Luke's... If nothing else, we should send somebody into Hume's Bakery and uh, just anybody, just somebody that Luke doesn't know and say, oh, I heard you on the podcast. 
Oh, that's mean. <laughs> uh, so how much more do you think you do? You think you have enough, or do you need you need much more? Or I mean, I've got about half an hour's worth of content, and twenty minutes of that is you guys bullying me. So that's that's too too much content. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say actually, um, you're right. You said about your um, online, Dave. Yep. Um, where do we think multiplayer football manager is at the moment? Uh, and what do we think is the step forward? Because I think multiplayer is a bit of a difficult yeah, it's thing. A bit of a tough one, yeah, because it's quite, t- it's very, very time consuming. Um, I think I play in an FM league as well, which is uh, really well organised, and there's a lot of problems because we use touch. We so we, the teams are exported because we do like a draft, and then the mm. teams are exported, and then we use them exported teams into a game. But often it just the game completely freezes and you can't get out of it. And it's oh, happened really? a few times on Twitch when I've had the like my separate saves with online people, and because you can force results in that, that's what we tend to do. But it doesn't always go in the way you want it to do. I'm not sure of multiplayer. I I think because it's so time consuming and it's hard to get people on at the same sort of time, it's always I don't know. I don't know if it'll ever take off where you've got like twenty, well, five, ten people on a save at the same time. Because, but I I do I do really enjoy it. I much, do much prefer that because it's always you've got your you're competing with yourself to bet yourself but you've also got uh you well whoever you're playing online with to really give you that like kick up the backside to like say i'm gonna get promoted and you're gonna get relegated so sort sort it out basically whereas if you're on your own you, it's a bit like oh you know no one's gonna see me get relegated for the seventh time in the run where you're online <laughs> that goes never everywhere happened <laughs> never happened to me yeah he, he says <laughs> no I haven't. have you a uh, guy or eric have you guys played multiplayer before match or yeah i've played it uh quite a bit of some friends just on fm 18 at the minute we're still playing and um yeah like ryan was saying we've had quite a lot where if you try and watch other people's games it it'll just freeze and you have to leave yeah, the game and, and come back in yeah yeah um i don't know it could be so much better but like ryan says it's 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 i don't think it's that popular really in the grand scheme of things but um and it, it's peer-to-peer in the day so if the person who's hosting doesn't have the greatest connection yeah your delay is horrendous. But I don't I think, think they're that... ever going to make a dedicated server just for... No, where you both won't, no. Which, Which I don't think shame, there's a need but... for. Well, I don't think there's a need for it, really. You, you play with, what, two, three people usually on, like, an online save, maybe. They don't really need a serve for that. If someone, whoever's hosting, will... Because the internet is so much better these days than it was, say, five or so years ago. Mm, yeah, I don't think you're really going to have any problems unless no, no. the person who's hosting is downloading. But... It's, it is quite frustrating when you are connected and you'll press a button four hours later, it'll load, and then they're like, oh, you're hurrying up. It's like, oh, I can't physically do it because just sort of, it's, <laughs> I'm so far behind. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I do enjoy playing online. It's uh, This is the first season, well, the first time I've done a proper save on the full, full game because normally I do it on touch because it's a lot more streamlined. Mm. And sort of unemployed, it's just easy because you don't have to sort your staff. It's just you get an assistant manager and, and he basically has his own coach and staff. And uh, the, the full game, yeah, we've created two teams uh, in the Vanamara National League North and South, and we're both in the Premier League now. My friend's uh, competing for the Champions League Europa spots, and I'm sort of just trying to sail into the mid-table and avoid relegation. But he got, ta- he got taken over before me, so he sort of had to uh, oh, okay. boost the finances before me. So when he was in the lower leagues, he had the sort of reassurance of the board, which kind of boosted him up a little bit quicker. Whereas yeah. mine didn't come to a little bit later, and um, it just I he he was getting like the the league titles, and I was I won it through playoffs, and like on the last day of the season, I got into the 
Okay, yeah. So it, it, it is definitely fun. I really do enjoy playing online, but I don't sort of know what direction it could possibly go in. I feel like for a game in 2019 now, there's a lot of drive to include like multiplayer content. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what most game is. Most games are now. Like, yeah, a lot of it makes it makes some money. Then it's it's sort of like I don't know. I probably shouldn't talk about like FIFA and stuff. They've sort of they say they make all these big career mode changes, but they never do. So it's almost it's almost the same. I don't really like playing against a computer because it just seems so. You sort of know the not not to cheat the game, but you sort of know how the the players sort of oh, work yeah. on it. Yeah. So it's it's not really fun, and I don't really think the manage manager side of FIFA is any good at all compared yeah. to a football manager but that's the whole focus I'm just glad they don't have like an ultimate team on football manager which I think would probably work where you sort of get like packs and stuff and you went online with your team but I don't think <laughs> I don't think good. that would if, it, it would be a good it's a good idea like but I just don't think it would ever materialize because they get so much stigma for saying oh yeah you're charging for packs after I spent this money much money in the game but I think it'd be quite quite cool to see if you did do something like that. Yeah, that would be quite cool. I feel like Foot Manager is quite a lonely game, actually. It's very kind of like you're on your own. Like obviously, there's like things like the Reddit and like social groups and stuff. But I feel like it's quite a independent game, and it's not really very. Yeah, I got like, agree. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to create like kind of a podcast or you know things like that about it because it's actually quite. This is stuff. This podcast is quite good for things like people playing Foot Manager, like what listening to this whilst. But in the back, yeah, of course, yeah. Then at the end of the day, because you don't have the sort of shared experiences yeah, as exactly, you would yeah. online, because you can't say, "Oh, do you remember that game we played?" And say, say for example, on FIFA again, oh, we won three two on like pro mm. clubs or something. You you don't really have that sort of common ground. You sort of have, oh yeah, we won, I've won promotion, but you you don't really know the sort of depths or the time it's took to get promoted. Because no one else can see that apart from yourself. Mm. Imagine, I was just trying to work out if you could do like a pro clubs, but for football manager, but I don't think that's really possible because all different members of staff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a manager. We are being overloaded in this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that would be Luke. Luke would one hundred percent be the. Yeah, we need to try a more direct approach to play. But like, like I said on on the online sort of thing, I do think it would be good in the whole Archer Grand scheme of things to have. The ability to, when you do sort of unemployed, you start off, you can like get under 21 jobs, under 19s and stuff like that. But again, it's, I think that would only really appeal to the sort of hardcore players. Like if you plug and play, you want to get to the top as quick as possible. You don't want to be starting at the bottom. You can only, I know you can do like internationals, but it would be cool to do clubs as well, because I think it'd be really cool to do an unemployed save. You or start at the bottom and try and work your way up the football ladder that way, like because a lot of managers, a lot of managers do do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Definitely. So, I don't know what you think of it, Eric. I don't know if you've played online or you have any sort of thoughts on that sort of situation. I'm sorry, I was on Reddit. I wasn't really. Oh he's, wow! He's this this is this is completely unacceptable. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Would <laughs> you, you guys, you guys use the Reddit very much, or? <laughs> I was just joking. No, I mean, I, 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 I would. Reddit, yeah. It's all right. I mean, I'm not a a big Reddit guy. I was just saying that because of you earlier. But um, I I, I would attack. like <laughs> I would like to uh, see I would like to see like a dictate the game league if we if we were able to do that. I mean, Dom has brought it up before. That would be cool to be able to do that. But I don't know if it's really set up to be able to do it in a way that's uh, entertaining for people to watch. 
It would, it would be good, and it's definitely something we can sort of develop off the podcast, because I don't think people want to know our future plans. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, I mean, we've, we've, we've done, me, Ryan and Luke have done a multiplayer save in the past, which went, we've mentioned it before, it, but it was fucking fun. But I'd it was fun, but it's just a very, very time-consuming, which yeah, is, and it's, if we yeah. were going to do anything, it'd have to be on touch, because and it's because all, so streamlined. Because we've got people in America, we've got people in the UK, it makes it very difficult to like time things even just recording mm. the podcast it's quite difficult to you've only got like a certain window to actually record it and so with so. the latency as well say if eric and you were trying to connect to like one of us like someone's server mm. they're always going to have a delay yeah always yeah. even with super fast internet you're always going to have a delay that's something that they can just, just, just move to the uk just move to the uk right can i crash on your couch yeah, sure. I mean, stay in my bed with me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah, rent a caravan somewhere. <laughs> Put cameras in. Oh, that sounds awful. I would really. Just <laughs> when's the uh, you know, when's the uh, corporate trip to uh, Hawaii with the gang? Ooh, um, ooh. I think we'll have that depend on how much money we get from the Hume's Bakery sponsorship. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Fair but that's something that we'll we we'll know in the next few years. Okay. Do you guys do you guys see this as like a long term thing? Like, does it take the game? Do we? Do we what's the what's the long term goal? Where do you see this in five years, Ryan? Five years? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Um, well, I originally set this off sort of just a bit on the side in Unix, had spare time, and then I never really thought it would get to the stage where we've had so many people contact us, so many people like appreciate the work we've done because. At the end of the day, this was set up for fun, but it's really gone really serious now. So we've got like nine different writers, essentially, with a couple of guest posts every now and then, getting like all-time record views. We're doing a podcast. We're doing a bit of everything, really. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually really good because I, I think for a lot of people as well, when there's football manager content, like you say, you play it on your own, so you always are looking for ways to sort of improve your game. But it's the same with like writing. I feel like creating like a, a community within a community is really good and i've met so many people like from the fm charity event which i still speak to and i've, I've like really really enjoyed like sort of bringing a team together and seeing everything materialize because when we started although probably our, some of the writing was really good but it's just how you can come on leaps and bounds and it's it's really good experience really like to get your article seen by thousands of people is like quite mind-boggling considering the game is quite a niche game it's not like the biggest game in the world. So mm. I, I really enjoy it, and I feel I'm quite quite proud of like creating a team where I think everyone feels valued, apart from Dom and his mic. <laughs> Honestly, I thought we were done with that. I really <laughs> thought we were done with that. Like that wasn't even needed. That really wasn't needed. You just that's just. Uh, I, 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 uh, I think his critique of your microphone was as heartfelt, though, as as his talking about how much he loved the crew. I yeah. think the game, though, so it was it yeah, was as yeah, heartfelt. Yeah. <laughs> so until next time, everybody. Hope you have a great week, and we'll talk to you next Sunday. And Luke has nothing else to add. Adios. Bye. Bye.